Imagine interviewing your competitor. That's exactly what I'm doing in this episode. I get to interview Aaron Branch. to prove to you that being friends with a competitor is really valuable. Everyone makes more money together and in this conversation you're going to learn more about Aaron, his book, his business, his mentality and there are just so many beautiful jewels that you'll find and valuable things that he's going to say in this episode that I guarantee that you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Have you started, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do Okay, cool. Yeah, so look, my name's Aaron Branch. I am the director and founder of Social Agendas Marketing. We're a Birmingham-based digital marketing agency specializing in growing sales. The way we do that is through sales funnels, predominantly through Facebook and Instagram advertising. And then we've got additional services that generally support our Facebook and Instagram advertising campaigns. Um, I've been doing this for five years from, you know, I grew up around the Hell Zone area and then I moved a bit closer to the city when I was in my teens and got a scholarship, went to America, did lots of cool stuff, uh, got a degree and then I started this company. So that's, that's pretty much, you know, the last, I don't know, 10 to 11 years of my life. Scholarship in America. What? Yes, sir. How, how does that work? Because I thought usually, um, we have education in the UK, right? So one of my friends got a scholarship from America, but that's just to play football. What mm -hmm. was your scholarship about? My scholarship was for basketball. So ah, I managed to pick up basketball when I was 15 years old. And then literally just through hard work, dedication, and a bit of desperation to change the environment. When I say I moved closer to the city, it wasn't a good place to be. Uh, a place called Hansworth, which anyone from Birmingham will or will not be familiar with. Um, and that basketball scholarship was really my ticket out of that poverty mindset is the only way that I can describe it. Um, and that allowed me to, to get out into the big wide world, experience other cultures. And the truth of it is, if I stayed in the UK, I definitely would not have been in this position that I'm in today, a very blessed and you know, fortunate position to be a business owner in my hometown, in my city, That's serving awesome. clients all over the world. So Hansworth, I know exactly what that is. It's it's not really bad, man. We can speak about Aston and Alan Rock. Those are the real, um, let's say, restricted areas. But Hansworth, that's it's okay, man. It's decent, but it's surprising. Obviously, when you compare it to where you went from Hansworth, like mm -hmm. basketball took you to America. That's that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Why did you yeah. decide to become a marketeer? Like a business owner, that's fine. You know, you can actually go ahead and start any business. And yeah. all you know about marketing, you could pretty much pick any industry and smash it. But why would you decide, okay, I know marketing, I know business, so let me just do marketing for other people. So it was actually my last year of university. I was studying sound design, as just mentioned to you before we started recording. And I've got a degree, you know, in, in media, essentially. And my dissertation was um, 
a really big write-up in my whole final year on why musicians and artists shouldn't sign with major labels and they should use social media marketing to promote themselves and monetize their audiences themselves independently, right? So that kind of led me down the path of researching all the different social media tools, the different opportunities, advertising, digital marketing, content marketing, you name it, engulfed myself in this research. And when I, when I finished university and I didn't decide to continue with my basketball career, which, you know, was, was amazing up until that point, I needed to make some money. So then I got a job in recruitment. Um, and then I realized like a few, you know, months into recruitment, I was doing really well at, you know, Canary Wharf office, amazing, amazing company. It was really good. It ticked all the boxes for a graduate anyway, in my opinion. And then I realized though it was really unfulfilling and because I come from that athlete mindset if I'm in an if I'm in an environment where I'm capped that's not good for my that's not good for my mental health I need to be able to just put as many points on the board and be rewarded for my efforts right so that's when it kind of clicked I um I spoke to a few people and one of them mentioned social media marketing and we had such an amazing he was already in the industry and we had such an amazing in-depth conversation because of my dissertation at that moment it clicked and it was like fate like I just realized everything that I've been saying that these musicians and artists should do with maintaining their independence every single one of those strategies can be applied to businesses as well so why the hell don't I go and help them apply it? And that was it. That was the beginning of the journey near five years ago now. Yeah, it's amazing what a conversation can do. Um, you were already mm-hmm. looking for freedom and it just found you. And mm-hmm. with, your, with the knowledge already there, you, you, you smashed it. Well, look, it's, about in, it's about intention as well. Like you, I'm sure you'd agree. It's, it's all about when you put something out there into the universe, you're naturally going to start attracting it. You start talking about you know, negative things are going to start appearing and occurring more in your life. Talk about and envision positive things, what you want out of life, independence, what kind of lifestyle you want to enjoy. Um, and that's not material, that's day-to-day. You know what I mean? My my fun and games is in coming into work. I wake up and I, I just want to get into the office. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is where I love being the most. You enjoy it. my missus. <laughs> but hey she comes down here she's basically a non-executive director of this business anyway so she's yeah. down here as well so it's, it's, it's where we all enjoy because this is where we can you know essentially be as creative as we like and that's another thing you know that's the reason why i got into marketing but why do we, a lot of people get into marketing and you know this as well a lot of people get into marketing but they don't fucking stay long right oh man 100%, 100%. because they realize quickly how pressure driven and how conversion driven everything on digital actually is when you pull the the you know the screen away and for me this is an environment where i can be creative this is an environment where i can essentially lead the same way i'd lead you know sports teams and the teams that i captained in the past this is just a different team it's just a different game and that's basically where we're at so that sort of, sort of makes sense yeah of course um yeah i do know it's it's, it's a brutal world man like your client when you're servicing clients that's just that's the, probably the first mistake you'll make if you want to do business definitely don't come into the client service industry like that's like the lowest and the hardest it's reserved for the most durable of mentality holding people and athlete mindsets that's interesting you kind of touched on that what have you learned from being an athlete and how do you apply that to marketing this is the first plug of the interview. 
<laughs> Read my new book, guys. I'm going to tell you all about that athlete mindset. Nah, oh, so you got uh, a book. Now, nah, let's plug that properly, man. What's this book about? No, nah, so yeah, the book is called The First 365. So anybody who's looking at, you know, learning a bit more about my journey, but the whole the whole premise of the book is to help people who are starting in their marketing journeys. It's literally not even officially launched. It's not on Amazon. We haven't even built a landing page, but we've sold 160 copies just off my Instagram. Um, that's pre-launch. So very, very proud of that. It's taken me four years to finish it. Um, but yeah, the first 365, it's how to sign four-figure clients from anywhere in the world over the phone. That's the skill that if I knew four or five years ago, um, we'd be in a much different, you know, space in, in terms of growth because, you know, I had all these limiting beliefs. But um, to answer your question, what is it about the athlete mindset? Yes, there's tons and tons about that in the book. But it's just the, it's just the characteristics that make people successful, in my opinion, right? And it is just my opinion. But how do you, you know, you just, met, you just mentioned how people in the client service industry have to be, you know, thick-skinned, if you like. Yeah. Um, it is reserved for people who can handle that kind of heat and with sport and not just recreational sport, but competitive sport. When you actually go into those environments where your actual place in a university is predicated on how well you can do your job on a basketball court, that is a completely different level of focus, determination and execution that you have to bring every single day because it's not about just playing in the games it's about turning up to training every day and asserting your dominance on your competition that's pretty you know what i mean and everything there that i've just mentioned you could say the same thing about business right okay like you could go to come every day and make stuff happen and mm -hmm. um you know build your team and, and not only build your team but show the other team that you're the you're the man basically yeah, and the, you know, it's, it's, what I would recommend on that as well, and what I would add is I agree, and what I would add is you got to focus on your own lane, though. You've got to focus on what you can control. You know, people often ask us, who are your biggest competitors? I don't even fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. You yeah. know what I mean? Who, who, who's doing what we do out there? Great. Good for them. I'm not interested. They don't have our, that. They don't have our personnel. They don't have our you know, expertise, whatever their expertise is, great, good for them. But we're not interested in what the competition is doing as much as we're interested in what we can do, what we can, you know, deliver for clients because that's all that matters. What performance can we bring to the table? If we start, you know, I've actually had to, and this is a great tip for anybody who gets caught up and it's kind of, you know, a catch-22 because, you know, on the one hand, I'm there trying to, you know, grow my following and grow my influence on platforms, digital yeah. platforms. And the same way I'm saying, if you're not benefiting or getting inspiration or finding value in my content, mute me and follow me. And not in a negative way, but that's exactly what I do. If I see somebody on my feed on the very, you know, limited time I spend on social media a day, if I see it and it doesn't arouse good emotions, inspiration, yeah, genuine, you know, you know, genuine in endorsement of me doing better in my life. I won't unfollow him because these are some of my friends. Right? Oh, you're going to mute him. That's even worse. I mute, I mute the post and the story, dude, because that's just discipline. That's just making sure I'm not veering off into the direction of what everyone else is doing. And I'm maintaining focus on our individual goals. And I know it's hardcore and I know it is, but 
that's the way you know that there's another version of the athlete mindset coming into play if i see a guy you know on the basketball court all those years ago doing through the leg dunks that's just something i don't have the athletic ability to do so instead of jumping around trying to do through the leg dunks i'll be better off trying to master something that he can't do which is shooting threes for example wow you know what i'm saying yeah can we get some footage of you doing your trying to do your underleg dunks <laughs> yeah i've got i've got like a you know one of those squishy basketballs here in the office with a small hoop that's the only underleg dunking that's going on <laughs> alongside some digestive biscuits at 9 a.m every day i'm only kidding <laughs> So that's interesting. You, you touched about how we should stay in our own lanes if we're running an agency. My, my followers, they just, they want to. So I've, I've got a few followers of my own. Um, and yeah, by the way, your content is, is unreal, man. I love it. Absolutely. So much, it. Especially man. the mock-ups. You know, the, like the, the intro that you've got with the, the mock-up of your Instagram that just comes in on that motion oh, graphic so style. Much, man. I love it. I'm a sucker for that. I love that. Oh, thanks so much for saying that, man. Because obviously, you know your craft. And if you're complimenting me, then I'm definitely going to take that as a W. Thank Shit. you. Got to be done. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, staying in our own lanes. But then you're doing the opposite. So I'm going to call bullshit because you're not only not staying in your own lane, but you're actually helping everyone else in their own lanes. Like, mm-hmm. how does that work? Like, Love how do you do that? And just to tell everyone, I'd start this call before I started to um, record. <clears throat> Before I hit the record button, I, t- I told Aaron, like, you know what? I'm actually shocked that you jumped on. Like, we literally competing. We're in the same city. We're both running agencies. We're both trying to build our personal brands. And we're both literally pushing our agency through our personal brand. Like, we actually, if there's two people, the most similar in Birmingham in this industry, it's me and you, Aaron. Cool. And still, you jumped on the call. You're happy to help, not just my followers. You're just happy to help, like. How, how does that work? Like, how, how, how do you even have that mindset? Like, why are you helping everyone? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, I don't know how, how much help I actually give. But in terms of our products and services, we've got done-for-you services. And then there's a smaller portion of our business, a significantly smaller portion of time that goes on training products. And they're mainly for businesses as well. So these are non-agency owners. But then we have a mentorship program. And again, this was in the second year. So I'd been running my agency, growing my agency for the first two years. And then I started getting requests. I don't know, you know, it's a bit cliche, but it's genuinely what happens. All my friends, all the doubters, all the people who said, oh yeah, don't do, you know, social media marketing. What's that all about? All right, this is five years ago. You know what I mean? They all start cropping up two years later, see you buy a new car. And then all of a sudden, everyone's filling your inbox with requests to learn. right? And you're just like, okay, let me teach you. So I taught a few people, one of them being a family member, the execution on that. Anybody who's ever tried to help out family for free can often see that there's not the same commitment as helping somebody when they're paid and invested into it. Right. Human nature. Right. And, that's when I realized I ain't wasting my time running around trying to help people, you know, turn their lives into something in the digital marketing space, grow their own agencies. If they're not even committed enough to, you know, pay for that service. And also I can't justify it to my mentors, right? I've got businesses to build. I've got marketing campaigns to create, right? So how do I take time away for free? We're not a charity organization yet, although social <laughs> agendas is you know, we, we are very socially minded and we're going to be taking a lot of responsibility in this city, particularly, yeah. um, which I'm happy to share with you as well uh, down the line and get you involved in because 
there's a lot of issues socially, not social media, but socially in this city that are developing even worse. And it's business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders of organizations that have resources, right? Manpower, expertise, awareness, you know, how to build awareness in society that can make the biggest influence on positive change, right? So again, flipping our long story short, why do I help people? There's a market there. Number one, it's commercially driven. Yes, we make very good uh, returns on our workshops, events, training products. I just simply see it as consulting. But when you go a layer deeper and you talk about just free value and content that I put out almost every day on my Instagram story, advice, uh, interviews like this on various podcasts, speaking on stage when events are something that I've done a lot of. Um, why do I do it all for free? Because we're only here for a very short period of time, right? And yeah. it's really, honestly, it's all driven from, I wish I knew what I knew now five years ago. I wish I knew what I knew now a year ago. So if I can share that information, empower others, and get them to you know, essentially the level I was at four years ago in one year, that's my, almost my duty, my responsibility. Right, and it's a win-win situation, and every great deal is always a win-win. Oh, that's awesome, mate. That's actually so um, selfless. Oh yes, and then I'd, I'd add another thing: is you know, I come from a Sikh background, and I grew up. My dad was a full baptized Sikh, turban beard, the whole nine yards, and oh, wow. um, you know, we went we went on a pilgrimage when I was thirteen, just to just to give an in, in, insight into the intensity of you know, my religious influence in my childhood. You know, I was vegetarian for nine years. I climbed up the Himalayan mountains to a, a Godwara, which is, I think it's 50,000 feet above sea level or 15,000 feet, one of the two, wow. um, at 13 years old to go and jump in a frozen lake and pray up there, right? So that was the influence of my upbringing, which means I spent a lot of time in the temple in Soho Road, Godwara in Handsworth. And um, that was every week, week in, week out, doing selfless service, serving in the, the food hall, folding, you know, the sheets that they lay out in the, the main halls, um, just helping out. And that's kind of also social responsibility. You know what I mean? So I'm just doing the same kind of gesture, if you like, but instead of doing it in the temple, I'm doing it in the big wide world. Well, you've or trying your... to at least trying to do Jesus Christ trying <laughs> no it's you're definitely making a dent really big dent um so you, you you're very um religious and spirituality influenced you, you, you're bringing it from temple when the age of 13 um and now you're bringing it out into the real world and just spreading it out to everyone Exactly. Well, that's kind of so. If you, that's how I would explain it, but I don't normally get asked that question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but when but it's I close to home, it, like that religion is always close to home. Like, of course, you know, of course. Birmingham is a very culturally diverse place. Like, I'm a yeah. Muslim, so you know, again, spirituality. I've never spoke about it, so it's it's nice mm. that you you brought it up. Like, I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, you know what? There's so much spirituality involved when I make my content or anything when I'm speaking mm. to people is I can't even speak about that because we also have a stigma around us like oh okay this guy's religious now there we go we're gonna mm. get preached or something like that mm. but it's still it's not even preaching it's like you're just bringing love to the world in your mm. own way 
with your own religion and your spirituality like i think that's amazing like, thank you so much for not being it takes guts man to speak about religion nowadays and i thank you so much for actually opening up that was awesome yeah, but disclaimer, you know, I'm not I'm not really a practicing Sikh, so I, I can't fly the banner too strong. I'm not baptized. I'm not, you know, I'm not wearing a, a bug or have a, have a big beard anyway. Um, but it's the principles of Sikhism that really are embedded in my heart. You know what I mean? Selfless service is number one in that religion. One, you know, <laughs> you know, one God, everyone, you know, looking, looking up to one God and one universe and one human race, you know what I mean? And yeah. you know what, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to go all in. That's, that's what it's all about. That's why I was talking about these social issues, like homelessness in this city. It's, it's horrible. You go down Hagley road, you can see oh, all man. of the B and B's filled with council um, funded homeless people, right? They've obviously been given and allocated at hotels and being bread and be bed and breakfast places. They've been allocated you know, a room and they, they congregate. There's an ambulance outside of it every single day from probably overdoses or mm. violence, right? Yeah. yeah. I see that coming into work. Yesterday I got solicited for prostitution at half eight in the morning on Hagley Road when I'm driving into work. My God, mm. what is going on in this city? You know, I've got international clients that have come and visited me here in Birmingham, UK. Yeah. I don't want them, you know, that's, that's, that's the Birmingham brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't judge, you know what I mean? Everyone's in a different situation. You know, everyone's doing the best they've that they can and everyone's experienced what they experienced to get them to this point. But how can we give better alternatives? How can we give better alternatives to people who aren't in a position that they necessarily want to be in? That's what social agendas will be remembered for. It will not be remembered for how much revenue we made X person. Amazing. So, okay, there's a lot, to, a lot to absorb, like what you're saying. And I did have two more questions. And you've already like said so much. I'm like, okay, how do I even pack more? Value? The funny thing is, I'm saying this right, and obviously, I've just, I told you, I've just literally signed a new deal on a new unit. So it brings us to three units in our building, and it is on the tenth floor. And I'm not cloud chasing. I promise. It's just the facts. Yeah. And I'm looking over Birmingham right now. So I've got, a, I've got a panoramic view or half a pan panoramic view. And it literally, as I look to my right, I can see West Bromwich Albion football ground and I'm bang city center opposite Birmingham library. So that's on my right hand side, I'm pointing at it right now. And then as I pan left, I see all the countryside and then I'm literally staring Birmingham central library straight. I can see the HSBC building on my left, the new accommodation and flats, the Hyatt Regency on Broad Street, right in front of my line of sight. So when I'm thinking about Birmingham, the reason I got this unit specifically, I'm thinking about this city, right? And the reason why it's so profoundly important to me now is because before I left this city, I never appreciated it. I didn't like it here, hence why I left. Mm. Because my experience here wasn't what I wanted from my life, right? So I got my basketball scholarship and I disappeared. But now when I went to London, I got my degree there. I moved to Stafford. Um, and then I, I eventually got an office here, you know, the last three years I've been in this building now. And over and over again, as I absorb more of the city, I fall in love with it again. The canals, the, the entertainment, the, the, the art in dig, places like Digbeth, you know, the creativity. Oh, yeah. This city's popping. It's amazing. Like, second city of the UK. Look, look at where we sit in the world market and the world economy. 
this is where you want to be. Trust me, anybody I'll say that to, we've got people in this office who work for social agendas all the way from Cardiff, London, Kuwait, um, Hull, and Birmingham, right? So I'm bringing people to this city, skilled people, because I want them here. I used to have an office in London. That was my first, my, my second office. I was in Stafford, then I had one in London. I was avoiding Birmingham at all costs, but that's changed over the last three years. This is home. This is where you need to build the roots to help people from this city just like I needed help. Hence why we're putting out books. Hence why we're trying to jump on talks like this. Maybe someone will hear this and it'll switch their mindset. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're marketeers, right? So we, we always take ideas. We put strategy in it and we come up with a plan to how to kind of implement that, right? That's basically bread and butter for us. So you've got this really good idea. You're looking over Birmingham right now. Yeah. Um, so this is a good idea. So what's your plan though? Like, how are we going to do this? Let's say we got 20, 20 years, right? 20 years is good enough time, right? To make change. Probably way too long. Should make change really, really quickly. But let's say we got 20 years and about 40 billion in the bank. How, what, what, what would you do? Like, what's, what's your next steps? Um, that's a big question. That's a fully loaded question. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Like, it's, it's actually loaded. like, what do That's you even do? What would I do? It'd have everything that I would do. And this, I've never planned this. I haven't thought deep and long enough and I haven't mind mapped or brain dumped it or whatever you want to call it. However, first thing that would need to be established is a role in politics. I'd run for mayor because it ain't just about having money. That isn't where influence is held. Influence is held in the government bodies that distribute that money. You can give 40 billion to the government, you won't see it again. <laughs> It'll be gone and you won't see where it's gone either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so first of all, it's not just about raising those funds and accruing that wealth to, you know, to donate. It's about making sure there are responsible people in positions of power that will distribute those funds in the right way for the for the betterment of all not for the betterment of some right that's number one on the agenda so i'd run for mayor and uh, andy street yeah if you ever hear this i'm coming for your spot baby <laughs> <laughs> now i've met andy street he actually spoke at one of our first ever events that i did in collaboration with a guy called antonio Manculi. shout out antonio and Andy Street was actually the managing director of John Lewis at that point, which was what he was doing before he became Birmingham mayor. So big shout out to Andy Street. But if I was going to impact the change that we want, running for mayor or supporting a candidate for mayor of Birmingham would be my first stop. Second of all, um, it has to start at the grassroots level. It has to start at the very, very grassroots level. The best things in my life, I can only go off my own experience, which is why I would make sure I had a team which covers every diversity, every background, every gender, everybody, right, needs to be inclusive in this plan. But the things that had the best impact on me, martial arts, you know, I used to train with Cash the Flash Gill, kickboxing in Hansworth. Sick. Amazing guy. He's touched so many lives. And look at him. He's just got smacked with, um, I know this is a bit of a side route, but it should be spoken about. And yeah, it's, of course. It's, it's annoying. Cash the Flash's gym got hit with business rates, taxes, that somebody came and evaluated his building and said he owed the government or the council 25 grand. This is a community-based martial arts gym owner, and they shut his ass down because he couldn't raise enough funds 
to continue his gym. Do you know how many thousands of people have passed through that gym for the betterment of society and their lives? That's, That's grassroots level. You know what I'm saying? That's where the big impact and the big character-defining attributes that humans can build that's where it's done. It's when you're a kid. It's when you're young and you're, you're at your most influenceable, right? Yeah. The definition of discipline, being able to do the hard things, being able to push those extra reps. So again, it comes to sport. For me, sport would have to be a big, big thing. Um, but then again, the other side of things, you'd have to look at, you know, what, what facilities are available for impoverished areas specifically. You know, we got, I, I had a quote from a, really great coach of mine and he's his quote was always we're only as strong as our weakest link yeah birmingham's only as strong as its weakest town yeah that's That's awesome man i didn't expect it to go into this direction what would you do i mean i just get a mansion get a bat cave and buy a batmobile bro and there's nothing wrong with that either bro and you know what maybe i'm just venting because like i said i have daily experience with coming into the office i have daily experience from i, I have trauma bro I was, I was mugged on the streets of handsworth i was you know on the way to kickboxing me and my cousins with my brother we got held at knife point at 7.30 a.m. in the morning, walking to the gym. Can you believe that? That's like the safe time that we can actually go out and you're not going to be bothered. Exactly. I mean, you're a massive guy. How did that happen? Dude, I was a kid. I was eight years old. Oh, Oh, no. no, I was 11 years old. Oh, no, that is sad. Imagine that. That's trauma. That was trauma for me. So I'm confronted with these memories of Birmingham, which I've tried to overcome now. But these things are still going on. There's still a kid right now in Hansworth who's been held at knife point who doesn't know oh, yeah. how to recover from that. You know what I mean? And not just Hansworth, all the surrounding areas that make up the biggest second city in the UK geographically. Right? I have one of my guys, uh, his name's George, works here. He's from Hull. He's just got himself a nice parking spot, save himself some cost, about a 20 minute walk out of town. So he jumps on the canals. Yeah. I had to warn him. I said, dude, be careful on those canals because that's where a lot of businesses operated in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my city. I don't want to say that about my city. That's, yeah, that's not Birmingham that I represent. Birmingham is the creative hub of ambition and diversity. That's where we're at. But anyway, Jesus. God bless. No, man. Thanks so much. Um, let's, let's end it at that. Um, Big. It's it's like you know you you you, put, you poured your heart out, man. Like, would you expect would you expect the call like to be like this, dude? I haven't spoken about these topics yet, Same. but as you can tell, I'm right at the I'm right at the the point of breaching these these areas <laughs> of influence. But like I said, you got to look after you. You got to you got to get your house in order first. So these are long term goals. Um, these are visions I have of the city. This isn't, you know, something that I'm prepared with the resources to do yet. Even if I was, if, if, I, if, if ever I will be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, it's all about getting social agendas in a position of, of extreme strength as a company, growing our employees, growing our staff, um, growing our skill sets, delivering more services that make a difference. Um, and then through that, one day we'll get to a place where we can, 
really start helping people at the, the baseline level, not just helping people make loads more money. Yeah. Well, good luck on your journey. How, how, how do we follow you? Where do we find you so we can kind of keep track on you and hold you accountable for all these things that you're promising and all your goals? Aaron underscore branch. That's my name um, on Instagram, YouTube. Just started putting out more content on that over the last six months. Um, yes, I'm re you know, you're talking about what help content that helps. That's where I've put some serious presentations together. YouTube. Same presentations that I've charged for and, and people just let it go over their head. Hence my um, comments about people investing first to be committed. But um, yeah, Aaron underscore branch, socialagendas.com. Hey, Birmingham City Centre offices, we're here in spaces. Come say hello, any of you in the neighbourhood. Come ask at reception, let's grab a coffee, whatever. 